Lang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. All right. Happy Sunday, everyone. Can we just give Lord another hand for that? How many of you are glad that you're here this, uh, this Sunday? For those of you who are joining us uh, from your own homes, we welcome you also. Uh, thank you for joining us. And today is actually an awesome Sunday because uh, it's the first Sunday that we finished our fast. How many of you joined us in our fasting? Can we give the Lord, uh, you know, God the hand for that? Uh, you know, it's been amazing. Five days, we're able to uh, just pray and fast, uh, seek God, uh, really dedicate this year, 2021. And how many of you are expectant of the breakthroughs that God has for you? And I believe that indeed, you know, 2020 is actually a year where we're all surprised. You know, we're all shocked, in fact. But I believe that this year, 2021, is a year of recovery, a year of breakthroughs. And uh, in fact, some of the things that we have heard, you know, there are a lot of testimonies that we've heard uh, of breakthroughs, uh, people receiving breakthroughs. And so uh, thank you for those who joined us in our prayer meetings. Uh, we had uh, five, uh, five days, uh, two prayer meetings per day. And for you who want to review the, the, vid- the videos, you can just go ahead and uh, uh, go back to YouTube and, uh, you know, do some recap. And so for those of you who missed that uh, prayer meetings, uh, oh, sorry, the fasting five days, we have what you call the mid-year prayer and fasting sometime July, okay? So if you miss the five days, the mid-year is just three days. Everybody say three days. How many of you know that's easier, three days? All right, I see a lot of good smiling faces here in the audience, and thank you so much. By the way, for those of you joining us, my name is Pastor Ariel. Uh, it's a good time for us to study the Word today, and uh, we are on week three of our series, Awesome God. Everybody say, Awesome God. How many of you believe that God is an awesome God? How many of you agree with me that God is awesome? You know, He's breathtaking. You know, first we could talk about uh, who He is, uh, the great I Am, when He appeared before Moses in the burning bush. And uh, we preached about that God wants to have like fresh encounters with us. You know, there's the fire of God appearing in the bush that never consumed the, the bush. And I believe that God, this year, God will impart so much fire and passion in our hearts. It will not consume us, but it will actually lead us to, uh, to find out about His will. And uh, last week, Pastor Bodhi preached an excellent sermon on Gideon and how God used him, though he was a bit timid at first, but yet God declared, you mighty man of valor, God turned things around. And how many of you know that when God encounters us, there's a transformation that happens? And from a coward, uh, you know, not sure about himself to a commander in the army. And so God declared that he is the God of peace. He is shalom. Everybody say shalom. And we need peace. You're praying for peace. Not just world peace, okay? But peace, you know, peace with God, peace with one another, and peace within ourselves. And today we're going to be looking at another interesting story. Uh, it's actually uh, God revealing himself as the God who sees, uh, El Roy, okay? The God uh, of compassion, the God who sees us. And somehow this particular story that we're going to be reading from uh, the book of Genesis is the first instance of domestic strife in the household of a patriarch. How many of you are familiar with domestic strife? Those of you who are married, okay? Normal pala yun. Okay, na nag-aaway yung mga mag-asawa. Okay, it happened in the Bible. It also happens in real life. Now, how many of you have experienced such? Don't raise your hand anymore for those of you who are married, okay? Don't reveal yourself. Anyway, 
My question for us today before we get to the word is, have you ever taken matters in your own hands? Maybe you think it's a better idea. Or maybe you're tired of waiting on God. God gave you a promise. And you felt like you want to help God. How many of you felt that? I want to help you, Lord. Tagal eh. And because you did what you did, there's like repercussions or consequences of your actions that did not only impact or affect you, it actually impacted and affected the people around you and many people outside as well. And so if you said yes to that, guess what? You are not the first one who did it. There's someone who did it in the Bible. We're going to look at that. So if you have your Bibles with you, please open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 16. We're going to be reading, in fact, one whole chapter. How many of you are excited to read one whole chapter of the Bible today? Okay, we're not going to read from chapter uh, 119 of Psalm. Okay, that's the longest chapter in the Bible. But Genesis chapter 16, beginning in verse 1 to verse 16. Just 16 verses. And I'd like to invite everybody to stand with me as you give reverence to God's Word. And for those of you who are at home uh, joining us, go ahead and uh, open your digital device or your regular Bible. And I'm reading from the ESV version. Uh, Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 to verse 16. Are you ready? All right. So, verse 1. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. He had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant that it may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived 10 years, everybody say 10 years. 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her, her husband, as a wife. How many of you wives would do that? Okay. And he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Verse 5, and Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as she pleased. And Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness. The spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael. Because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. And so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing, or in another translation, you are a God who sees me. For she said, truly here I am, I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well was called Be'er Lahai Roy. It lies 
between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. This is the word of the Lord. Let's bow our hearts and pray. Father, thank you so much for the preaching of your word today. I pray that you would illuminate your word and give us wisdom and understanding to, under, uh, to Lord, to have a perception of what you want to speak to us as a church today. I think that you would minister to your saints today, that indeed you are the compassionate God. You are the God who sees where we are. You see our need. You see our situation. And Lord, we are not uh, uh, hidden from you. And we thank you, Lord God, that that brings us comfort today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. You may all be seated. You know, what an interesting story that that was. Um, in fact, this passage occurs just immediately after the renewal of the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 15. How many of you are familiar with the covenant of God with Abram? That God promised Abram that he will be a father of many nations. And that, you know, in Genesis chapter 15, God in fact brought him out, not in the streets, but God brought him outdoors and he said to him, look at the stars and try to count them. So shall your offsprings be. And in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, the Bible says, Abraham believed the Lord and it, count, it was counted to him as righteousness. How many of you know that Abraham is considered to be the father of faith? Just nod your head. He was the father of faith. And in the story, somehow we see that is this really the Abraham that God promised that he would give the nation to be a blessing to many nations? You know, in this story, we find three characters. We find Abraham, he's the father of faith. We find Sarai, the model wife. Or is she? And Hagar, the Egyptian servant girl. Now, you're probably wondering where Hagar came from. You know, remember, if you would recall that in Genesis chapter 12, there was a, uh, was a famine in uh, the land of Canaan. And Egypt went, uh, Abraham and Sarah went to Egypt. And the Egyptian king gave, basically gave some, you know, um, riches or plunder to Abraham. And one of those maybe is a servant, maybe several servants. And it was assigned to Sarai. So that's probably where the Egyptian servant came from. Now, verse 1 gives us the dilemma or the tension of the passage. And we read this earlier. It says in verse 1, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no, born him no children. And, you know, there's a sharp contrast of the promise of God that God will give a son to Abram, even in his old age, and out of that fruit or out of that son will become many nations. But yet after 11 years of God giving a promise. And can you imagine, Abram was 75 years old when God gave that promise. So how many of you are 75 years old already and are still waiting for the promise of God? And God probably said to Abram, bata ka pa. You're kind of too young for that. And after 11 years, at 86 years old, Abram and Sarah were still waiting for that. And maybe doubt and impatience sprung in. And this is where we find three lessons from this story that we're going to be studying. You know, first thing that we want to look at is our faith 
will be tested regarding the promise of God. Our faith will always be tested when it comes to the promise of God. Now, how many of you have a promise that you are believing God for? Please raise your hand here. For those of you who are here in, in the auditorium, please raise your hand. How many of you are waiting for a promise from God? Please raise, Or maybe a prayer request, okay? And how many of you are still waiting for that to be fulfilled? Please raise your hand. Look around you. Again, raise your hand. Continue raising your hand. Look around you. See how common that was or that that is? You know, many of us are still waiting for God's promise. And, you know, in this particular story, Abram and Sarai was waiting for a big promise. It was not even their prayer request. It was God who initiated this covenant with Abram. And God was the one who said, Abram, I'm going to call you out from your country. Go to a people. Go to a land I will show you. And I'm going to bless you there. I'm going to, I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to make you a blessing to many nations. And after 11 years, the promise has not yet come. It was a test of silence of God. And how many of you have experienced that? You know, sometimes when God gave a promise, he remains silent after that. You know, one particular pastor and commentary, uh, Bible commentator, by the name of John Phillips said this, It is not unusual for God to be silent. Indeed, he has been silent for far more than he has spoken. His silences are as eloquent as his sayings. Think about that for a moment. You know, when God spoke to Noah to build the ark, and I think he was about, a, you know, less than 600 years old, and it took him about 100 years to build the ark. And from the time that God spoke to him and gave him the parameters or dimensions of the ark, the next time God spoke to him was, okay, you are now ready to enter the ark. About a hundred years of wait. But yet how many of you know that in God's silence, we can still hear his presence? Amen. We can still actually hear and feel the presence of God and that God is a faithful God towards his promises. Proverbs chapter 13 says, hope deferred makes a heart sick. And this is not referring to a heart attack or maybe a you know, physical heart ailment. How many of you have a hope that is being deferred and you know, somehow you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and wow, Lord, when is this going to happen? You said in your word this, 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 and I'm still waiting for the answers to your, to your promise. You know, God hasn't spoken to them since then. So maybe an idea came to Sarai. And I don't know, you know, just imagine me for a moment. Maybe they're having breakfast one day. And Sarai was sitting down on one end of the table. And Abram was there. They're both having falafel. And uh, they're having hummus and uh, shakshuka for, for breakfast. And maybe, you know, idea popped with Sarai. And, you know, maybe Sarai asked Abram, Abram, remember what God told you about 11 years ago that you're going to have a son? Oh, yeah, I still remember that, Abram said. And, you know, what exactly did he say? Well, Abram said, you know, he said that I'm going to have a son from my own body. Well, Sarah said, from your own body? But what about my body? You know, look at my body. I'm 76 years old already. I can't bear any children. Maybe Sarah was thinking, it is virtually impossible for me to have a son, but maybe God will use you. So the thing that happened here is, in verse 1b, it says, 
she had a female Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. And so maybe Sarai thought, since God is being slow, or maybe God cursed my womb, maybe it's not through me that your offspring will come. Maybe it's through my servant. And so in verse 2, we've read that earlier. Behold, now the Lord has prevented me. So sinisipan niya si Lord. The Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Now go into my servant, and it may be that I shall obtain children by her. Maybe Sarah thought, though God had promised Abraham a son, maybe God never included her in the promise. Maybe it's really for Abraham, but I'm going to stand with Abraham. Now, I don't know, in those days, maybe it's a usual practice. I have to dig deeper in the history books. If it was usual for them to have like surrogate moms today, I think we know that it's like a practice that's acceptable. But back then, maybe that's also something that they have done. And so, you know, this idea that, you know, she gave to Abram, because if I was Abram, I'm going to be shocked with this. But somehow the verse said, Abram agreed to that idea of Sarai. And Sarai took matters in her own hands. And how many of us can relate to Sarai, actually? Because it's been a while, it's been taking so long. Lord, maybe it's time for me to make discarte. You know, I need help in my area of finances. And so, so in the meantime, I'll probably, you know, do some side hustle. Because your promise has not come yet. Maybe it's taking too long for Sarah to wait for the fulfillment of that promise. That's why she took, you know, matters in her own hands. She looked at her aging body and said, this is impossible. How many of you know that we serve an awesome God and nothing is impossible with God? Amen. She probably missed that. Had she waited a bit, it would have been a better situation for her, for Israel, and for the entire world. You know, sometimes God does not give us all the information that we need. He just wants us to wait. He just wants us to, to you know, so stop, to pause, and to trust in Him. And Sarai somehow said, I shall have or I shall obtain children by her. You know, there's kind of like a, a bit of an arrogance or a pride or a presumption on Sarai's part to manipulate the fulfillment of God, thinking that she can actually help God. Let's not help God, amen. Because God does not need our help, amen. It is never a good idea to try to accomplish God's plan in your own terms and timing. Never a good idea. Because God's plans are perfect. And they come complete with God's method and God's timing. How many of you agree with me that God's plans are perfect? God's plans are, you can never add on to God's plans and purpose. God's purpose and plans can never be thwarted. It comes complete with His timing, you know. And I mean, how many of you would agree with me that everything is made beautiful in His time? Because God is never too early, never too late. He's always on time. And we see that, you know, what happens when we take matters to, you know, on our own hands, when we try to accomplish 
God's will in our own terms. Abraham and Sarah demonstrated what happens when God's people become impatient with God. You know, I love the Bible because the Bible does not hide the faults and the sin of men. It just brings it out. The weakness of Abraham, and though Abraham was considered to be a father of faith, and Abraham's, the Bible says even in Romans that it was credited to him as righteousness, yet this particular case was not hidden from us. So that we will learn from our patriarchs that God's grace abounds when sin abounds. Amen. That God's restoration and God's compassion and mercy is there even when we fail God because God will always remain faithful to us even when we become faithless to Him. Can we just appreciate God for that? Come on now. And I believe that we need to just appreciate the awesomeness of God. Second point I want to share is we need to be careful of the voice that you listen to. Be careful. Everybody say, be careful. Everybody say, careful. In verse 2b, it says, Abraham listened to the voice of Sarai. Mm. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying that husbands don't listen to your wife. But in this particular case, we've seen that there are two instances in the Bible wherein the husband listened to their wives. First was Adam, when Eve gave him the fruit, and now it's Sarai, you know, giving the servant to Abraham. In both instances, there's tremendous consequence because the husband listened to the wife. Now, of course, okay, maybe you're reacting right now, wives or, you know, husbands. Let me just speak to all the ladies right now, the wives. Ladies, you must allow your husband to be the spiritual head of the household. You must allow him to make the spiritual decisions. Men. How many men do we have here? Everybody say, ahu. Yun. Kukonte ang ahu natin dito. Men. You must be the spiritual leader at your own home. But yet do not be arrogant and lord it over to your wife. You know, God has brought order in the house when God, through the Apostle Paul, said, you know, husbands, love your wife. Wives, submit to your husband. And I know that in a, in a, in a home or in, in a household, there's some tensions that's happened. Because sometimes a wife can actually be, I guess, overbearing at times. Because the husbands do not lead. It's not really the fault of the wife in this particular case. Ultimately, when we face the Lord as a family, my, you know, me as a husband, I'm going to be accountable for how I led my family. It's not going to be surely it's going to be accountable. I love. Love you. But we need to be careful who we are listening to. Aaron listened to the people and making an idol. The Israelites, listen to the ten spies. 
Solomon listened to his wives and concubines. Rehoboam listened to the young, you know, consultants and so on and so forth. Wrong advisors. To whom are you listening to? We only need to listen to the Lord. Amen. You know, in verse 4, it says, And he went to Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. You know, at first, maybe things seem to be working out because, ah, finally, it's working. The plan is, you know, on a roll. You know, finally, you know, we're going to have a son through my maidservant Hagar. But everything did not really go out as planned eventually because Hagar conceived as Sarah wanted. But yet, sin always has consequences. Eventually, Hagar had contempt or despised Sarai. Maybe she felt she's better than her because she's able to bear a child. And Sarai somehow felt bad as well. Maybe she's condemned. Maybe she's blaming God for what happened and so on and so forth. She's probably suffering from an emotional anguish because she felt like she's being cursed by God. And so in verse 5, it says, Sarai said to Abram, my wrong be upon you. La. Why are you now passing the blame to your husband? I gave you my servant into your hand and your embrace. When she saw that she has conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judged me or between you and me. That's a statement of Sarai with Abram. In effect, what Sarah is saying to Abraham is, why did you listen to me? What? Ganun pala yon. So if the husband listened to the wife, kasalanan ng husband. Look at what happened. Now it's Abraham's fault because of the idea that Sarah gave her, gave him. You know what? I think it is. Ultimately, it was Abram's fault. God spoke to Abram and God gave him the promise. He could have stood for the promise of God and fought for the promise of God and said to Sarai, bad idea. I'm not going to give in to that. We're going to wait on God and we're going to stand on God's promise. But yet, he gave in. Abram agreed and he was complicit to the sin between him and Sarai. God gave the promise to Abraham, and yet he chose to listen to his wife. Once again, my question for us today is, who are you listening to? That's why it's important for us to read the Bible. It's important for us to hear God. It's important for us to spend time with the Lord every single day. It's important for us to hear the voice of God. And you know when God speaks, He does not speak with an audible voice. He speaks with a still, small voice in our hearts, through our conscience. Now that you're saved, now that you're, now that you're born again, you can actually hear and listen to the Holy Spirit. Who are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice of the world? Or are you listening to the voice of God? My third and final point is this. As I come to a close, God shows compassion in human failures. He shows compassion in, in human failures. Now, you know, how many of you agree that many times God cleans our mess? Many times. When we make a mess, it somehow 
God is the one cleaning it up after us. Sarai dealt harshly with her maidservant Hagar, and Hagar ran away. And in verse 7, we, we see that the scripture says, The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress, Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will surely, everybody say surely. I like the word surely. I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. I thought that was the promise of God for Isaac. Why is he now giving it to Ishmael? Because it was the same patriarch he gave the promise to. And even if Hagar was not part of, the God, of God's plan and promise, God still showed compassion upon her. And he cared for her. In fact, when you look at the word angel of the Lord here in the Bible, this is the first mention that you will find angel of the Lord. And what's interesting with this situation is the angel of the Lord first appeared to a single mother-to-be, to a person who's not part of the covenant promise of God. He was, she was not a patriarch. She was not a, you know, part of the, the, the call of God. But later on, the angel of the Lord appeared to several patriarchs, to Abraham, to, to Moses. We, we read that. To, to Gideon. The angel appeared to Manoah, to Elijah, and so on and so forth. But what's interesting is the first time that the angel of the Lord, and this is what the Bible say, uh, uh, considers a uh, Christophany, wherein there's a, a physical appearance, wherein God actually, Christ himself appeared, pre-incarnation, to show himself to a woman who's in need of God's help. How many of you know that our God is a God of compassion and mercy? He shows himself to us. In verse 8, God calls her by her name, Hagar. First name basis. Sarah and Abraham always referred to her as your servant or my maidservant or your maidservant. But God calls her by her name, Hagar. Maybe Abraham and Sarah think of Hagar as a slave, maybe a foreigner. Maybe a possession or someone to be used, but not God. God sees her differently. He knows her true needs. And he cared for her as a person. Amen. You know, when others mistreat us, or maybe you feel like you're alienated, God looks at you differently. God sees you where you are. And God wants to minister to you. God sees, He hears, He knows, He cares. That's the God we serve. And God also gave a promise to Hagar that her son will be the father of multitudes. Whereas Abraham's son Isaac will bring a blessing to the nation, the contrast will happen to Ishmael though. Ishmael will bring strife among his brothers. And the fruit of sin of Abraham and Sarai is still impacting the world 
today through Ishmael's son, the father of the Arabs. In verse 10, I would like to just read uh, some more verses. I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. In fact, the word Ishmael, the name Ishmael means God hears. What a beautiful name. God hears or God heard the affliction of a single mother to be. God heard her cries of distress. And how many of you have some cries in your heart? God hears. God knows. God sees. God is compassionate to all of us. God listens to our cries of help. You know, God's been listening to people who are crying out and praying. He wants to show His compassion for us. You know, the word compassion means to suffer with. He's not a God who's just out there, you know, ruling and reigning in heavens, but He's a God who's near us. He cares for us. He carries our hurts. He experienced the same pain. He experienced the same loss. He experienced loneliness and hunger and depression through, through the Lord Jesus Christ. He experienced physical suffering, emotional suffering, betrayal of friends. He shares our sorrows. And then He helps us. God not only hears, but He also sees. In fact, in verse 13, and this is where we see the name of God, El Roy. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. You're a God who sees me. You're a God who sees my situation. And Hagar called on the Lord, You are indeed the God who sees me. You know, you may be watching from your own home. You may be here today. You may feel that, Lord, do you see my situation? Do you hear my cry? You know, this, what this means is, you know, God does not just see you as part of the crowd. God sees you specifically by name. God sees you, Ninoy. God sees you, Mary Ann. God sees you, you know, uh, Cap Allen. God sees you. And I, and, and I can go on and on and on, Charm. You know, I get, God sees you, Tanya. God sees you. You are a God who sees me. You know, we are the apple of His eyes. We are not just part of the six, how many billion of the people in the planet right now? We're not just part of statistics. God sees us specifically. And God cares. In fact, she named the well Be'er Lahai Roy. This is the well of the God who sees me. There was like a monument that Hagar gave to the Lord. Ironically, in this passage, it was Hagar who listened to the voice of God instead of Abram and Sarai. Allow me to finish this. And Hagar eventually bore Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. How did Abram know that Ishmael supposed to be the name? Hagar obeyed God. She heard God. She went back to her mistress, and she went back to the household, and somehow Abram took care of them and took the responsibility of being the father to Ishmael. Abram named his son Ishmael. God redeemed 
the situation, but yet there are still consequences. And how many of you know that though we mess up a lot of times, God cares and God redeems and God fixes our situation, but yet sin will always have its consequence. But yet God cares. God forgives. God gives us a brand new start. Abram was 86 years old in verse 16. It says, when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. It's been 11 years of waiting. You know, sometimes you go ahead of God. And when you go ahead of God, you complicate things. Instead of us going on a straight path, we go on a detour. Remember the Israelites? It took them 40 years in the wilderness. What could have been 11 days of travel took them 40 years because of their grumbling and complaining and a doubt and unbelief and they took matter in their own hands. They were idolatrous and they, they went on and on and on. But that even the righteous will make a mistake and commit sin. But when we repent, we get restored. When we repent, we receive mercy from God. When we go back to God, He will somehow fix our mistakes and work it out so that it can still be. You know, His plans for us can still be fulfilled. Ishmael was not really part of the plan of God. It was Isaac. But yet God, in His mercy and grace and compassion, yeah, you're still a person made in the image of God. You know, when we do things our own way, it may take a bit longer because of the detour. But if we're willing and humble, then God will restore us back to the right path. For those of you watching, if you made a mistake in the past, go back to God. Repent. He's faithful to forgive you and purify you and restore you back to Him. Then trust God and learn to wait on Him. You know, our mistakes can never ever thwart the plans and the purpose of our awesome and almighty God. Amen? Come on now. Can we give the Lord a hand for that? God sees our failures and our pain and He shows compassion to us. I'd like to invite everybody to stand before the worship team would sing a song. I just want to pray for, for, for us. Maybe you're watching from your home and there's been some things that you've done and the consequences is chasing you. Let's just go back to God because God is a God who sees us. He's the one who hears us. Let's declare that He is a compassionate God, a God who sees. Lord, I just pray that You would help us to come before You in humility. And Lord, I thank You that as we humble ourselves, You said in Your Word that You are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. For You are a good God. For You are a God of compassion. For You are a God of long-suffering. A God of patience, not wanting men to come into perdition, but men to come to repentance, God. And I thank you, Lord, that salvation is here because of your love and your mercy and your compassion for your people. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, 
You know, and this is how God loves us. That while we were still sinners, God sent His Son Jesus to die for us. And that's how God demonstrated His love for us. For those of you who would like to receive Jesus Christ in your heart as Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you right now. All you have to do is to humble yourself and say, God, I need you. And I want you. I want eternal life. For those of you who wanted, who wanted to pray, I want to lead you right now in a prayer, time of prayer. Just follow along with me. Bow your heads. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner needing a Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and paying the penalty for my sins. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and I believe that he is raised from the dead. And I thank you, Lord God, that from this day on, I am saved, my sins are forgiven, and my past is redeemed, and I am made into a new creation, and the old is gone, and the new has come. Thank you that you are my heavenly Father, and I am now considered to be your child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalamang.church.